Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. My name is Tavian Napier and I am the philosopher and this is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena. We do that by talking about topics and having guests on the show that I think are going to help us all level up. Today's guest I saw originally on Street Fighter League uh, season one and caught him again on season two really caught my attention as an Akuma player but not just because of that but because he would actually meditate in between his matches or sets or rounds. And I found that very fascinating. Other than Takedo, you don't really see too many people doing meditation. So I wanted to take a second to have a conversation with him. So this is that conversation. Thank you and enjoy. It started with, um, I used to play Dota 2. Oh, sorry, not Dota 2, but Dota 1. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's a oh, yeah. mobile game. Yeah, yeah. I played that a lot back in Warcraft 3 in the engine. Um, and my computer died, and I didn't really have anything else to play, so I started playing Third Strike. And that's when I saw the Daigo video parry. And um, yeah, and from there, Street Fighter 4 came out. I played Third Strike. I stopped playing Third Strike because I was bad at it. I didn't know why. I was just really bad at it. And I played Street Fighter and I was bad at that as well. And I was like, well, you know, how, how do you get good at this game? And I realized you have to you know, learn fundamentals and just learn a bunch of things about Street Fighter that you don't really learn from other games. It's because I was, I was only playing FPS games, I was only playing mobile games. And so I, I learned uh, ST, I learned uh, CBS2, I learned Third Strike. I relearned those games to get better at Street Fighter 4. And the rest was history, man. Like uh, trying to beat your scene, trying to get better in your city, trying to get better in your stage, trying to get better in the whole United States. The whole process, the whole shipping, man. It was great. That gets into my next topic, which is fundamentals. Uh, that's something that's been very elusive to a lot of people in different facets including myself so what i want to try to do is go over some of the concepts or or applications that cover fundamentals and I, I wanted to get your opinion on what those things are and what what's missing from that list in terms of fundamentals so i think the first thing that needs to go on there is is execution fundamentals and execution where do those two align do you think that's something that is within fundamentals or is that later on before somewhere in the middle it's a little tricky because this is a very subjective topic execution to me is a one player thing like it's you know it's it's your call it's it's how you do things everybody inputs dp maybe a little bit differently there's little tweaks in you know our muscle memory that we do but yeah that's that's more of like the one player side of the game mm -hmm. um it is it is an aspect of fundamentals because you have to execute to be fundamentally sound um but that ties into you uh doing things on your own versus fundamentally doing something would be like competing against a low forward or knowing how to place your low forward. It's just like, it, it kind of adds up. It, it's it's an essential building block, the fundamental mm -hmm. you know, going forward, but it isn't, it is, I feel like it isn't the actual the big, you know, the medium of it. What do you think the, the biggest component to uh, fundamentals is? When you truly start learning fundamentals is when you go out there and compete because you can execute all day, all long, but if you can't do it in, you know, an actual game, that, you know, that's not your, that's fundamentals right there. You have to be fundamentally sound in your decision making, that could be fundamentally sound on, um, you know, how you move your character, just all those things that, you know, that happens in, in a real game. And that's essentially what I think fundamentals are. I feel like a lot of times, you know, we have frame data, we have all these information, but we don't always, you know, know how to use that information to make us win. And players have good execution, they can do, you know, the, the other fundamentals, but what makes them lose is 
lack of awareness of a situation and then adjusting to it because they're not either logically or instinctually figuring out what they need to do. Uh, so from your experience with game sense or whatever you may call it, what part of the game do you start to learn that and really apply that and, and continue to grow that? Yeah, so so game sense essentially is um, your game IQ. You know, how much do you know about the game? Um, how much do you know about certain situations? And just how much you know about your character and your opponent's character? You know, all these things tie into um, essentially a result. Um, and so when you're competing against somebody, how good is your game IQ? How good is your game sense? And you can take advantage of that in and outside of the game. Um, so it'd be mentally, you know, breaking them down mentally by doing things that they hate or just abusing things that they can't deal with against their character. Those are the attributes of game sense and game IQ. You can look back into um, to basketball, you know, how good is a certain player in the game? You know, everybody has the same ball, right? Um, so uh, how good are they offensively? How good are they defensively? And those are things that that are um, that comes with experience. And the same thing for fighting games. You know, how how many times have you been put in a situation how good is your game sense or, or game IQ in this particular area, uh, area of the of the game? So, for example, if you're down two games, you know, can you come back three games straight to win grand finals? Things like that. You know, that's that's what I consider game sense and game IQ. And, and it's like I said, once again, it's a package because you got you got to have your fundamentals, you got to have your game knowledge, you got to have your um, your mental game. Those are all things that all they all tie into everything to one one result. So, from your experience, what did you do to improve your your game sense? Oh man, uh, game sense, knowing frame data. One of the biggest things, uh, because I mean, essentially you can lose based off of knowing, um, being one frame data off, you know, like what your, your sweep was seven frames versus eight frames and you forgot, you know, things like that. Studying frame data is essentially like a, you're constantly studying it. I wouldn't say constantly in, in terms of like, you're just constantly looking at it, but you're like, when you're playing, you forget things. So you have to remember it and you forget it. another thing and you got to remember it. So it's like just being reminded of the frame data. Another thing is uh, matchup experience, playing different um, characters and, you know, having the, the characters down to like, okay, this is my strategy. This is my go-to strategy against this character. And another thing is player matchups. You know, that's different from character matchups. This player likes to do this with their character. So you have to study that. And and once you do that over, you know, over and over again, you start building this um, wall of like knowledge that essentially nobody can break it, you know? And mm. sometimes they'll break it, but then that means you just kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing because uh, I have a little bit of a martial arts background and uh, I try as much as I can to apply it to, to fighting games. And it's a good thing when you come across someone who can you know, break your game sense or uh, you know, break your logic because that means there's, there's gaps in your logic and that's something that can be improved. So it's, it's definitely, from my point of view, it's definitely a good thing when that kind of situation happens and you want to you know, play those opponents or figure out like, what it is that you did so that you can kind of build upon your already established game sense. Dude, losing is an essential building block to to getting better. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just think, I got to win, I got to win, I got to win. No. Uh, there's this comic out there on the interweb. It, it says um, the biggest winners are the biggest losers. They lose more than you, and that's why they win. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I have one person at my locals who takes losing very hard. And so I've been trying to uh, at least in part when I do interviews, uh, you know, get any advice in terms of like dealing with loss or, or understanding how people look at it from their point of view. And to dig a little bit deeper into that before we get into our next topic, you know, what what have you done or what is your mindset around losing? Is it something that you had to change your mindset on to be a little bit more healthy or have you always naturally had a mindset where uh, you look at losing as a positive thing? Oh, no, I was terrible with losing, like really bad. When I was in middle school or high school, 
I used to play tennis. Um, I was just a, a little baby rager, you know, like just super mad, mm-hmm. hitting balls angrily, slamming my racket and stuff. I was really bad, just really, really bad. That's because I, I, I lacked the perspective. And I just lacked knowledge. You know, when you're when you don't know something about a sport or a game, you get frustrated. You're uncomfortable, right? It's very it's very normal. Like, what does this character do? Why is he doing this? I don't. You know, it's very very frustrating. But if you're in the know, you you understand. Okay, this is why he's doing it, and so you have perspective. This is why he's doing this move over and over again, and I can't do anything about it because it's so strong. Okay. Uh, the next thing would be. Uh, using like self-talk and using um, that's that's what I did for myself at least I studied self-talk and knowing how to talk to myself before when I was little I'd be like uh, I'm so bad or this guy's this guy's just doing this thing and it's really annoying me I'm just so upset um, instead of saying that you can say okay uh, this is what he's doing uh, let me let me find a, a different strategy and it's as simple as saying something differently versus saying something negatively uh, a lot of players uh, especially uh, younger players or uh, beginner to intermediate players they don't have very good self-talk. They talk to themselves very negatively. I've, I've worked with players um, who are champions who still continue to use self-talk in a negative way, and they don't know about it. They just don't know. So it's a very unexplored um, topic or um, a factor in fighting games, I believe. Yeah, I, I would have to agree because I've seen it at different levels. I, I've talked to, uh, I won't say any names, but like I've seen people win a match and immediately afterward, like they're not, you don't have to be like popping off, and you know, in my opinion, after a win, but this person was like beating themselves up more than I thought was healthy in terms of like winning. Like, no, this was bad, that was bad. But at the same time, I think some people at a higher level do make it constructive. But it, it, from what I've studied over the years, and I still try to practice this because it is a practice just like fighting games. The term that I can best translate it to is a, a Japanese term called Kaizen that I learned about uh, from another Street Fighter teacher that I learned uh, met a long time ago. From what I understand, it, it loosely translates to incremental growth every day. And uh, I try to apply that mindset to myself and, and teach it to anyone, you know, any of my clients and stuff like that. A lot of people try to stereotype the the like Asian culture. Um, and maybe you can give me some insight on, on from your point of view. But the term Kaizen, I think, is really built into the at least the Japanese culture. I don't know much about other Asian cultures, but within Japan, um, you know, they're they're really good at certain things because as a culture, it's a mindset, from what I understand, to to always try to improve, like better your best, rather than taking it into the ego. You you focus more on like what can you objectively do with a situation, uh, rather than even letting it get to you. Like I mean, you still can be upset because you you care about something. You see these players from Jap- Japan getting upset, like Takedo losing to Daigo in that first attend, that first first attend, uh, I think like last year or two years ago, and taking that so hard. But uh, he went back and, and put in that work, and and now I believe he won the other first of ten like a couple of months ago or so. I, I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was at Topanga Cup. That's something that I really try to take to heart and and uh, think about when I lose because I definitely hurt sometimes when I lose in tournaments and stuff like that. But then you have to say, okay, let's you know talk to yourself. Like, you know, this this is part of the process. What, like, what did I do wrong? Let's watch the VODs. It might hurt to watch the VODs, but, you know, being uncomfortable means that I'm doing something right. Uh, I think being out of your comfort zone is where you do grow personally. Um, so I think what you're saying aligns perfectly with, with what I've I've done research on and practiced and, and what I see a lot of other successful people uh, healthily doing with uh, failure. Yeah, so uh, the thing that you're uh, talking about in terms of Asians, I guess, because I'm, <clears throat> I'm Asian, <laughs> 
I'm a Cambodian and one is Chinese. Um, and so the, the, I, I call it the Asian expectations. Mm. Um, it's, it's really, it's really not like an Asian thing. It's just, in, you know, the way you're raised. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny that we talk about, I, I mentioned that is because the way we do things now is how we were raised. And it's such a, we don't think about it, but how we're, the things that we did when we were little, that's how our brain developed. That's our, our those are our habits. Um, and so if your parents were, you know, like, hey, you know, you got to do this, got to do that. You start to think, OK, this is how I'm supposed to do things. And when you grow up, you're like, OK, well, this is how I this is how I have to do things in fighting games. And so your um, your friend or your um, one of your training partners that is just constantly so negative after he wins or loses or however he does. Um, he's uh, acting a professionist um, sort of uh, mentality. Like I have to play perfectly, otherwise it's no good. And that goes back all the way down to his childhood. I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, I can't really say it for a hundred percent, but like mm-hmm. it, it, it's an, an, an a factor in a sense. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I know nothing about the person. I am. I mean, I, I'm just from what I've heard. Uh, but that's essentially what happens. Is like you, you know the way you were raised, or just something happened to you, uh, and you have you have to play perfect, and you have to uh, you know abide by certain rules or fundamentals that you think are perfect, and that's just not like healthy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I do agree. A lot of times, it's somewhere in along the childhood or like a, along the way, you develop some sort of habit, uh, either by how you're raised or the opposite of how you're raised, or like self defense mechanisms. Yeah. Um, so yeah. usually, it's one or the other, where you take on what your parents taught you, or you reject it and you develop bad habits of your own, or some mixture of the two. That's uh, definitely accurate for most situations. And then you, over over time, maybe you're on your own, you still develop bad habits, um, and those definitely can translate to playing games. And I've seen that in myself with like. Uh, I learn things really quickly, uh, but then I get bored once things get challenging. So I had to find a way to push through like just natural talent into the skill area because, you know, the, the talent only takes you so far if you're not putting in the work. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, suffer from that same issue of like the, the boring stuff is actually the thing that's usually going to make you a lot better. The thing that's uncomfortable, like sitting in the training room and doing things repetitively until it's like instinct almost, you know, it's like ultra instinct, like your Goku or something. Uh, those are the things that are going to, from what I've seen, take you a little, you know, take you further uh rather than just trying to do the cool thing or or uh the thing that you think feels right the zone essentially you're talking about how to get in the zone and uh, when when something is just too difficult um you're gonna have a lot of anxiety there's there's this chart online showing this um in a a graph in a sense so too much pressure creates too much anxiety if the task is too easy it creates boredom so you have to find a a, you know medium Mm -hmm. and and that's when you find the zone and that's when you that's when you can play something or do something for hours and hours and still just keep wanting to do it and that's when the fun aspect comes into play because when you're not having fun it's it's not you know it's not something that you want to look forward to doing um and for me personally the way i practice the way i train um I've, I've done it. I've studied myself and how I practice and it's fun. It's, I, I enjoy it a lot. You know, I'm ready to always get into it every single day if I wanted to, you know, um, and you know, everybody's different, you know, they, they find their own uh, zone or flow state, um, and, and how they practice or even how they compete, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of the flow state and, and mindsets, uh, one of the things that really, really caught my attention was the meditation aspect of it. Not, you know, I want to know where you are right now with your meditation journey, but also how that played into your complete competitive play in Street Fighter. 
So the I didn't really know it until um, I studied it and read it more. Um, but I have um, you know anxiety. <laughs> I didn't know it. I just thought you know oh you know I'm I'm just not good competitor. But I have anxiety. You know, and people are like oh how do you have anxiety? You know you do so well. Well, I mean, you don't know you don't know what's going on inside my head. And there's a lot of players, there's a lot of professional athletes that have anxiety. Uh, I, I forgot what his name was. I think it's uh, George St. Pierre. I don't know. It's one of those MMA fighters. Yeah. He has really bad anxiety, hmm. but he's a champion. And how does he how does he manifest uh, that a champion out of so much anxiety that he has? Probably because of the way he um mentally prepares himself and things like that um or, or he could be just super physically talented i don't know um but for me because we're in a mental game we're not really in a physical game it is f- physically you know demanding in terms of like uh duration um but mentally um you have to prepare those things to be even one percent better than your opponent um and so uh resetting yourself using uh, meditation um getting focused and using self-talk all those things are, you know, to push away all the things that are um, sort of giving you negative vibes or giving you negative self-talk and just focusing on the game, focusing on your opponent, focusing on the character in front of the screen. And every single time, you know, it's just a hard reset. Uh, I wouldn't say like, you know, it's it's an automatic, like, this is what's going to happen and then I'm going to be perfectly fine. No, it's it's a mental battle, obviously. Um, and But meditation helps it uh, and, and a lot for me personally because the anxiety will come back. So you're thinking about like, okay, can I do this? Can I win? You know, mm-hmm. um, but you shouldn't be asking your, yourself those questions. You should be like, all right, I beat him before, you know, I got to just do it again. Mm-hmm. You know? Things like that and the meditation helps with that yeah it almost sounds like a mental anchor between rounds or, or matches where you can pull yourself back because a lot of information is going to happen between those those two to three rounds of a match and sometimes having a mental anchor uh to, to get you back on on track in terms of your focus and what your your strategy is it, it sounds like it's really it's really useful to be able to bring yourself back um and like you said to like a reset rather than continuing on with the mindset that you currently have yeah yeah so it and and it takes a lot of practice mm-hmm. um it's not something that you know somebody can just do and be like okay yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be godlike no it's not gonna happen it's gonna <laughs> yeah. take a lot of time um i will say to those who are competing at locals to to do it at the locals you know i i i'm very lucky to have a very strong local i have um competitors who are always trying to compete for my head <laughs> They're trying to compete for every single round, every single hit, everything. You know, they want to beat me. And that's great. I love that. So I'm there to compete. I'm also there to try things. You know, I'm practicing my breathing, practicing my self-talk, whether it be from a long day of work, going there and try to win. Um, Going there with a different strategy. You know, going, it's just, it's it's like my gym. You know, you go in there, you practice. Like, it's like, kind of like you're a boxer. You're going there, you're practicing different different things with your sparring partners. And that's transfer. That's, that's if you if you're practicing that way, that's how you're gonna compete in tournament. And when you have that atmosphere around you, um, and and everybody's getting better, it's a, it's a great it's a great way to improve, man. Yeah, and you practice things inside and outside the game. Okay, uh, so a couple of things I thought about because I I try to meditate when I'm in my uh, or I do meditate when I'm in my matches, and I've noticed a lot of people will uh, the term I, I'm a little bit older, I'm 32, and this term isn't in my like vocabulary like that I use on a regular basis, but memeing, uh, which I guess is like the new you know joking around, <laughs> but like hey, how, huh? how, old, how old do you think I am? How old or what? How old do you think I am? Uh, 28. 
I'm 31. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you you, <laughs> like, you may have seen this too, but like one of the things that like made me think about this question was that people start. Uh, I, I breathe pretty loudly when I try to like calm myself down because I'm I'm taking breaths and I'm I don't always close my eyes, but I try to at least get my breathing right and and really make sure that my heart rate is is like I'm not panicking or anything like that. And they'll start joking about that. I personally don't care because uh, I've lived long enough being shy that I don't care anymore about that. But for you, like your observations of like meditation is not a normal thing in American culture. Uh, so there's people who are going to think you're weird or like strange or find it funny. Like have, what is your experience with the outside perception? Like the, the other, other people's perception of it and how do you deal with that? Uh, what they think of what you're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is a typical sports psychology of, you know, not letting your opponents get in your, in your head before the match. So when I'm doing my routine and people are like taking pictures or making a video of me and laughing, whatever, and just like, you know, making jokes. I don't care. I don't care because uh, what's it to them what I do, you know, to beat their ass? If I beat you, it don't matter, you know? So you can laugh all you want, but if I beat you, who who gets the last laugh? Or, you know, if you're making comments about what I'm doing, what happens when I beat you? I don't know. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to beat you. And if that means breathing and, you know, practicing good self-talk and just like, you know, motivating myself and doing things that will better myself in the long term, in the long run, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a long-term competitor. I'm not going to, I'm not here for just street fighter five. I'm here to be a long-term competitor and that's taking care of my body, taking care of my mental state. Like this is something that you want to do even in your job. Like there, like you mentioned how this is not an American thing. It, it, uh, I believe I've read a little bit of articles on it where um, people, they, they didn't really believe it uh, in a sense. And when it got brought into American culture, they used it for business. Some of the best businesses use it and they're mm-hmm. successful. Phil Jackson used it on on the Chicago Bulls and the Lakers and the how successful they were. You know what I'm saying? So those are things that people don't really know about because they they don't have any knowledge about it. But when it gets bring when it gets brought into, for example, the FGC, they say, oh, that's just you know that doesn't work or whatever. They haven't even tried it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of high-level people, the tennis players, because uh, there's different variations of meditation as well. Because you have like your visualization, you have your mindfulness, like all different kinds of meditation to, that have different benefits from doing them. The thing with meditation that I've seen is that in order to do it, like anything else, in order to get the benefits from it, you have to actually do it consistently for an extended period of time. Uh, which gives me to my next question: is how do you how do you get past that that frustration barrier? Because uh, I experienced it multiple times after like I stopped meditating when I first started doing meditating. I hear it from other people saying, "Oh, it's." I, I tried it. It's too hard. How long did you do it? A couple of days. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, how, what advice do you have for people who like that may have said they tried meditation or they think that they can't meditate something along those lines? So the beauty about meditation is that's free. There's no subscriptions. There's no monthly payments. You do it for free. Okay. And all it is is breathing. The air is free for now at least, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but honestly, it all comes down to repetition. And you practice it. You practice what you preach. You know, you, you can't just say like, oh, yeah, I did this and, and whatever. Um, you practice what you preach. And also, you can't just do it um, at one time and feel frustrated. 
what are you doing wrong? What are you doing? Are you forcing it? Are you trying really hard to get in the zone? This is something that is supposed to come naturally. And that's why you have to practice it. And I'm very thankful to be able to practice it during high-level matches, during tournament pressure, and, and even in locals. Like, I put myself in situations where, okay, I'm down 2-0, I got to come back. So I'm going to practice my breathing. I'll practice it even outside of it, before I sleep, when I wake up sometimes. Um, you know, those things that you, you got to try. You got to try those things. I'm going to try to practice breathing while there's hella loud music or there's people just yelling at you and stuff like that. You know, those are things that you have to. And and remember, meditation is just breathing, right? But it, but it isn't. It's about acknowledging the things around you and accepting it, but then going back to your breathing. But if you can't accept those things, you're like, I'm trying to... F- I'm trying to force myself to go back to breathing, then you just it's not gonna happen. You can't force it. You have to let it happen naturally. It's like get it's like getting in the zone. You can't just force getting in the zone. It has to happen naturally. And that comes with practice, routine, and just you know, executing it naturally. That makes any sense. From what I researched in my own experience, because I'm I'm kind of on my own meditation journey again, because uh I fell off of it. In terms of like, I used to be able to meditate for a half an hour, hour consistently. Like I was like a, a hippie living in San Diego, just like I could do it for a long time. Uh, my life has gotten a lot more busy. Uh, it's gotten a lot more hectic and I've fallen off my meditation and have been uh, getting back into it now. And I come across those same things, uh, but it's just a matter of practice because you have to identify you have to be able to get good enough to identify the issues. Um, for me, like I was diagnosed with ADD around 17 years old, and I didn't really believe in that sort of thing. But as I've gotten older, my attention span is definitely a struggle in in fighting mm-hmm. games and out of fighting games to, to be able to maintain attention to one specific thing. Uh, and so meditation was the first thing to really help exercise and meditation, I should say, because a combination yeah. of the two was like really amazing for me and that stillness that i got and that ability to 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 think on a on a deeper level was something that was it was both easy and hard to attain because you have to be able to pay attention to like your thought processes you know hey i'm thinking about this grocery list and this song and this thing that's stressing me out and this other thing that's stressing me out but i'm going to acknowledge that they're there and then bring myself back to the present like what does my body feel like what is my breathing like right now uh you know what is my the movement of my chest, uh, the sounds that I'm hearing, all these kinds of things that really bring me to the present, acknowledging them, but not being, uh, not giving attention to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Try to get as many people to, to at least try it out as possible, as, as much as possible. And I, I, I swear by it. I think it's something that is going to make people help them reach a higher level of themselves if that makes any sense uh because i i want to see people you know be more less anxiety i want to see those kinds of people grow um so on top of everything that you said you know closing statements what what advice can you give in terms of improving at fighting games and just improving in your mental your mental composure overall well i'm glad that you mentioned um exercise and mental stability and meditation and the combination of the two because um i feel like um you know we're in the era of uh, esports, competitive gamers, professional gamers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys, they just play games sometimes. They just play games, you know, play for like eight hours, whatever. I don't know how many hours they play. Maybe maybe Korean players will play that many hours, but like they'll play extensive hours of gameplay and they won't take care of their mental state. They might even not even take care of their physical state. Um, so my belief, my personal opinion is that, you know, these gamers, they're not even the most optimal gamers we have. Even the best gamers right now, I don't think they're the most optimal. 
at all. Mm-hmm. We're like 80% probably, I don't know, 75%. What's missing is the physical you know, training, the nutritional practices of eating well and eating healthy, and obviously the mental state. Now, when you look at basketball, you you know who's out, who's out there and who's killing it. Mm-hmm. You know exactly who's out there and killing it. And they're optimal, you know, um, they're super optimal. But in games, you know, because I mean, in games also, there's a lot of changes patches or different versions or different street fighters whatever so that's that's a that's a factor that's going to change your playing field but how do you control you know the outside of that that's nutrition that's mental you know practicing mental things and also uh exercise Mm -hmm. and so when you have all those those three things going for you it doesn't matter what changes happen it doesn't matter what happens to your character or uh you know whatever patch comes out still the same you just a different game just gotta adapt you know so you gotta be sharp you gotta be in shape it's it's a mental battle man you're running a marathon you're running a marathon and and it's you gotta be ready i mean people don't run marathons with no food right mm-hmm. no exercise no preparation you run a marathon uh with no training you're screwed your legs are gonna get screwed up super screwed up afterwards you know so yeah but those are those of you out there looking to get better uh get better outside the game man like do do your homework make sure you're eating well make sure you're sleeping well make sure you're drinking enough water and all those things make sure your sugar intake is you know not too crazy make sure your numbers are good for macros carbs fats you know proteins whatever whatever is whatever you want to do you're not looking to be a bodybuilder you're not looking to be a super elite athlete in terms of physicality you're looking to be the strongest mental person out there because it's a marathon if you're competing in a fighting game you're you're trying to beat somebody's ass that's it mentally so yeah Well, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much for this information. I I love talking about this kind of stuff, and uh, it's really exciting to see people who are at a higher level uh, really taking and internalizing all of these concepts. So I, I really appreciate that. And uh, last thing for me is where can people find you? Like, what do you have going on? Like social media, that kind of stuff. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, you can follow me on Samurai FGC on Twitter, and also XSK underscore Samurai on Twitch. Um, I haven't been streaming it at all because. You know, I'm working from home and a uh, new apartment and it's just a lot of things are happening right now that are just not in the favor of streaming. You know, it's not, it's not a priority right now, but um, I want to start streaming more, um, but I'm looking for the right time. Obviously, anytime is the right time, but for me personally, I have I have certain goals that I want to do. Um, but yeah, that, there as well. And also, um, I believe on Instagram, Mikeichia, uh, Samurai FGC there as well. Uh, that's it. Cool. All right. Well, again, my name is The Philosopher. Thank you guys so much for listening to this wherever you're listening to it whether it be on youtube or on any podcasting app thank you make sure you guys follow let us know what your thoughts are if you meditate give us some uh viewpoints from your point of view in terms of like your meditation journey because i would greatly love to hear uh, people who are meditating in the fgc and then lastly we do online locals we stream it on my channel over at twitch.tv slash philosopher you can check that out or or you can join the online locals if you want to be a part of that we do street fighter tekken blaze blue uh the grand blue versus and then I'm, I'm missing one other game but uh we have links down in the description down below so make sure you guys check that out but until then thank you guys so much and i'll see you all in the next one